Well, good morning. It is, uh, it's good to be with you. If, you're, uh, if you've been around for a little while, my name is Aaron Loy. I'm the worship pastor here. And yes, these are new glasses. And I am not happy about it. So uh, I just want you to know they are new. Um, and, you know, the doctor said, you don't have to wear them all the time, but you should wear them some of the time. So this is, this is some of the time. And we're actually going to be talking about wisdom today. And I thought, well, to convince people that I have a little bit of wisdom, I should probably wear some glasses. So that's where we are. But I got to be honest with you, the, the biggest reason I'm wearing them today is that one of our students on the other campus, her name's Macy, and she, uh, she wears glasses, and she found out I got glasses. And so she made me a sticker chart that every time I wear glasses, she puts a sticker on it. And when that chart is filled up, I get a Dr. Pepper and some peanut M&Ms. So, so uh, that is my motivation this morning. I want you to know that, okay? Uh, they fogged up terribly in the other, at the other campus, and so I may throw them somewhere once, uh, once all this gets going. But I love that song that we just sang. I stop all negotiation with the God of all creation. And today, we're going to talk about that. Not, not seeking my wisdom, not seeking my way, not negotiating for it, but choosing to allow God's way to be the main thing in my heart, to yield to his wisdom. So uh, our passage today is going to be found in Proverbs chapter 3. That's where we're going to be. Proverbs 3, 21 to 26 is where we're going to be spending our time this morning. I believe there's, there's four things that we can grasp from this passage today. I want us to talk about that just a little bit. So let's read the passage first, Proverbs 3, 21 to 26. This is what it says. Maintain sound wisdom and discretion. My son, don't lose sight of them. They will be life for you and adornment for your neck. Then you will go safely on your way. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. You will lie down and your sleep will be pleasant. Don't fear sudden danger or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from a snare. So like I said, four things for us today. The first one I want us to talk about is we have to guard wisdom and discretion. We have to guard wisdom and discretion. Verse 21 and 22, I want to read it again. It says, maintain sound wisdom and discretion. My son, don't lose sight of them. They will be life for you and adornment for your neck. Now, in this passage, maintain is actually translated to guard. So I love both of those words, maintain. If I'm maintaining something, I'm keeping it, right? I'm sustaining it. But don't you have a little bit different picture in your head if I say I'm guarding it? Isn't there a slight bit of different action that's happening with those two words? So we're maintaining and guarding it. And if we have to guard godly wisdom and discretion, then it's only logical that it can slip away. This passage tells us that we, we cannot lose sight of them. Don't lose sight of them, my son. That's what it tells us. Don't you know that wandering eyes always get us in trouble? Always. If you are taking a test and you let your eyes wander onto somebody else's test and cheat, you're in trouble, right? If you're a spouse and you allow your eyes to wander, that's going to get you in trouble as well, right? Not going to be where you want to be. That's what this passage is telling us. We can't lose sight of godly wisdom and discretion. 
Now, I was thinking, what is a, what's a good example for us to, what's the picture of guarding godly wisdom? And I got to thinking, it's, you know, it's practically summer, even though temperatures yesterday did not tell us that it was summer, right? It was, it was cold. It's actually pretty nice today, but a little bit more heat. But summertime means we're going to swim, right? And just down the road is our favorite water park, Nashville Shores, right? Uh, some of us get our season passes, and with those season passes, we get to have some great experiences together. We get to experience sunburn together, right? We get to experience um, some not-so-healthy but great-tasting food at, at Nashville Shores, right? We get to experience the water slides and the pools. And let's be honest, at Nashville Shores, we get to experience something every time that makes us go, ooh, right? Think about it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Ooh, right? There's something every time. Am I right, Wayne? I say, I don't know. I don't know. It's there. Wayne, I know, has passes. He's there all the time. But if you go to Nashville Shores, you're going to get to experience the wave pool. And the wave pool is kind of fun. Like, we love that. My family loves that, loves hanging out there at the wave pool. But if you look down this side of the wave pool, you're going to find five lifeguards on that. They're all watching. On this side of the wave pool, there's five lifeguards there. And have you ever watched what they do at Nashville Shores? You ever seen them? They do this, all right? They're going to start in their section, and they're going to go like this. And we're going to come back, okay? That's what they're doing. Every time, I want you to know, I'll admit before you and everyone that me and my family have, have mocked that sometimes because it looks kind of silly, right? It does look silly when they're doing it. But what are they doing? They are engaged, and they are alert. They are watching closely the section that they have been assigned. Why? Because they are guarding life, all right? That's the picture for us this morning. We have to guard godly wisdom and discretion in the same way. It is active, and it is a choice that we have to make on a continual basis. Why should we guard wisdom? Well, the passage tells us, it says that if we guard wisdom and discretion, they will be life for you. You want to have life? Wisdom and discretion is where we find it. Wisdom pulls us to action when we feel like being lazy. That's truly living. Wisdom revives and restores us when trouble comes our way. That is truly living. And I would even say this. Truly living, instead of just existing, comes from God alone through his wisdom. I want to read that one more time. Truly living, instead of just existing, comes from God alone through his wisdom. So you want a better life? We hear that a lot these days, don't we? You want a better life? Well, ask God for wisdom and then guard it and live it. So we've got to be in the fight. Guarding wisdom is never passive. It is always something that we have to choose daily, never a one-time thing. We've got to remember that we have an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So with every step that we take and every decision that we make, we have to choose to seek God's wisdom and then guard it. So guarding wisdom and discretion, that's point number one today. Second thing, this passage tells us, and I, I like this one. This is a good one. Verse 23, it says, you will go safely on your way. Your foot will not stumble. The second thing we see is that you can go safely on your way. Safe, safely translates to securely in this passage, and I love that, safely and securely. That's how we travel when God is with us. 
Matthew Henry says, if God is our companion, then he is also our convoy. And I love that picture. If he's our companion, he's with us. He's our convoy. When I think of convoy, I think of the military convoy. And if you see those, what do you know? Well, there's, there's some projected strength there, right? And they are going to get where they're going, right? So God is our convoy. I love that. John Hilton last week said, the enemy tries to steal our abundant life whispering the lie in our ear that we are all alone. Don't believe the lie. You are not alone. God is with you. So all of our natural life, our health, our living here in in this natural world, all of its interests are protected by God's providence. And our spiritual life and all of its interests are protected by God's grace. Proverbs 3, 6 tells us that God directs our path. And I love what Warren Wiersbe said. I want you to soak this one in. Because God directs our path, he is able to protect our path. Because God directs our path, he's able to protect our path. So it is godly wisdom and discernment that is going to lead us into safety. It's the thing that's going to keep us there. And godly wisdom and discernment is going to help protect us from temptation when it comes our way. Because you know it's going to come our way. That's how we're going to get through it. And we can walk in holy security if we will guard godly wisdom. Then we can go safely on our way by keeping it and recognizing in our head that God is always with us. We are not alone. Last week, our student pastor for the Mount Juliet campus was, was teaching just like John was here last week. And they were giving charges to our graduating seniors. And Brian said something that stood out to me as well. Get this. Your own understanding or wisdom is not sturdy enough to accommodate the weight of God's calling in your life. Think about that. What we have to offer, our wisdom, our way is not sturdy enough to stand up to the call of God in our life. So our own wisdom is never going to get us where God wants us to go. Never. Even though we fight that, it will never get us there. We have to lean on his wisdom to be headed where he wants us to go. Now, I think it's important that we say this morning that it does not mean that we will not face difficult circumstances, but rather that we will be secure in the arms of God when we do. So when it says go safely, that doesn't mean that everything's great, right? That we're happy all the time. But when the hard stuff comes, when the health diagnosis or the job loss, whatever it might be, when it comes... We're safe and secure in God's arms. That is what it is about. So our safety and security is tied directly to trusting God and seeking his wisdom. So we guard wisdom, and if we do that, then we go safely on our way. The third thing that I want us to see this morning from this passage, I I, I call it something, it's a simple little phrase. Lock into Jesus and lock out fear. Lock into Jesus and lock out fear. Verses 24 and 25 say, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. You will lie down and your sleep will be pleasant. Don't fear sudden danger or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. We don't have to be afraid. Isn't that good news? I I think the past year, if you think about all the things that we've walked through, there's been multiple opportunities to be really afraid. Would you agree? From when we got locked down, we couldn't go out, we couldn't see anybody. That was scary stuff. Had to walk through that, not only with my wife, because we were afraid, but then our kids, they're afraid too. Had to figure that out. There was a, 
there was just kind of an attitude and an environment of fear that was real. But through godly wisdom, we don't have to be afraid. I love that. Hebrews 12 tells us, Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And that's what I mean when I say we have to lock in to Jesus. When we do, we can walk in godly wisdom, and fear is not going to be a main thing in our life. Now, it's going to poke its head up every once in a while. You know that. It's not like you flip a switch and fear is gone, right? We have to continually choose to walk in godly wisdom. If we allow ourselves to be focused on things other than Jesus, then fear is the natural reaction. I want you to think about this. Um, What's an example in your life where you have locked into the circumstance itself instead of what Jesus was saying? So was that promoting faith or fear in your life? An example that I, that I thought of this, this past week, my family and I were on vacation, and we got to go to Pigeon Forge uh, and spend a good time there. That's a, that's a fun place to be. If you, if you uh, get to go, you should. There's go-karts. There's mini golf. There is uh, the sky coasters that are crazy tall swings. There's the, now it's like mountain coasters that, that you get to ride down on that. There's even coasters that you hang dangling up in the air and your feet are swinging all over the place. It's, it's kind of crazy. So there's all kinds of fun stuff to do. So we were there to do some of the fun stuff. We were also there uh, because my youngest son and his baseball team were playing a baseball tournament at the Cal Ripken Experience there in Pigeon Forge. And if you're a baseball nerd or a baseball fan like Scott and I are, there is, man, it's hard to find a cooler place to play a baseball game than the Ripken Experience in Pigeon Forge. It sits up on a hill. It overlooks the mountains. The games are beautiful. Every field is a turf field, and every field is a replica of either a minor league park or a major league park. So in Pigeon Forge, it's Camden Yards is the major league park there, which is where the Orioles play. So it was just fun. It was a blast. Each field has its own batting cage for the teams to warm up, so the little seven- and eight-year-olds thought they were awesome because they had their own little batting cage at each field. They also have a public address announcer at each field saying, and now batting number 13, Levi Loy, you know, like... And they thought that was the coolest thing ever. So they're having the time of their lives at the Pigeon Forge Ripken experience. We also got to stay in a hotel. And we really enjoyed staying in the hotel. I do not think that the hotel employees enjoyed the five baseball teams that were there. (laughs) Five, seven, and eight-year-old baseball teams there. So you can imagine how much peace we were having there in, in the in the hotel, but they loved the pool. They were hanging out, and each morning before the games, the boys would put their uniforms on. We'd all go downstairs to the restaurant, and we would have our continental breakfast because what prepares you better to play baseball than a prepackaged bear claw, <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's it. That was it. So the boys were excited. The boys would always sit together, and the families would kind of sit off the tables by themselves. So the last morning we were there, which was last Sunday, we are sitting there eating, and it's me and my wife and my son and one of my daughters at one table, and Levi, who is my youngest, is sitting at a table off with his teammates, and they're just having a blast, eating their bear claws and all the other prepackaged things that they could. All of a sudden, the fire alarm goes off. And so it was crazy to watch because all these little boys are having the time of their life, loving every second, having a blast. You could see it. Fear overcame them because it was loud noise 
and flashing lights. And so, of course, as a parent, I began, I looked to Levi immediately, and he stood up, and he starts walking as fast as he can over to us, and he gets there, and he's like, Dad, I'm scared. And I said, I said, look at me. I said, look at me. I said, it's okay. I'm here. I'm going to keep you safe. And he said, but Dad, I'm, I'm scared. I said, I know you are, but I need you to trust me. I'm going to keep you safe. And I could begin to see the fear in him slip away. Why? Because he was locked in to what his father was telling him in the moment of panic and bad circumstances that came his way. Now, it didn't hurt any that the loud sounds that got that turned off pretty quick, that helped dissipate his fear. But it was when he was locked in that he listened to me and he believed me when I told him I was going to keep him safe. That is the picture for us this morning. What does it mean to lock into Jesus? When things happen in our life, we got to look to him and him alone. And we put aside everything else that is happening around us, and we're listening to what he says. So a great question for us today, do I cultivate fear or faith in my life? Do I cultivate fear or faith? And what I mean by that is if you had to look at the pattern, let's go, let's go the past few years in your life and you look at it when things happen or when you're worried do you run to Jesus and lock into him and cultivate faith or do we look elsewhere to our own wisdom do we start trying to figure out the answers ourselves which cultivates fear it's really important for us to think about this morning the passage tells us that we don't have to fear sudden danger or calamity and whether we're awake or asleep we are under God's protection and I love this point. This one, this one, I was like, amen. I amen, amen myself while I was preparing this message because rest and peace are possible. The end of verse 24 says, you will lie down and your sleep will be pleasant. Can I just tell you with four kids, amen. <laughs> I believe that. I'm standing on that one day. I'm going to experience that. Rest and peace are possible, all right? How many times do we miss rest and peace because we're worried about what might happen. I am terrible at that. I want you to know that you give me any scenario and the hour while I'm keeping myself awake in bed, thinking of all the things that can happen, I can give you everything bad that could possibly happen, all right? I can come up with that stuff good on my own. I can think of it. How much rest and peace am I missing because I'm worried about what might happen? Not what has happened, what might happen. Are you in that boat today? You don't have to be. Fear doesn't have to be present. How many times do we miss rest or peace because we're fixated on the circumstances that trouble us instead of the one who can get us through those circumstances? I'm also not very good at that. I have a, I'm really good at looking at all my problems. I have to get better at looking and locking in to Jesus. As I was preparing this message, God really led me to Psalm 121 which is one of my favorites, and I think it will be an encouragement to you this morning. This is what it says. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day. Or the moon by night. 
The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. What a comfort to know that God is always there with me, never sleeping or slumbering. He knows your circumstances. He knows it. He sees it. He is right there with you. He is protecting and sheltering you in the midst of your circumstances. So if I'm operating under and guarding wisdom in my life, lifting my eyes to Jesus and locking in, then fear is locked out. So we guard wisdom. We can go safely on our way. Lock into Jesus and lock out fear. The fourth thing this morning is our confidence shifts from ourselves to the Lord. Our confidence shifts from ourselves to the Lord. Verse 26, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from a snare. I would venture to say that the level of godly wisdom that we operate with is tied directly to our confidence in God. Do we really believe that God is who he says he is? That he will do what he says he will do? That he is sovereign and in control? You see, when we are confident in God and not our own wisdom, we can move forward with absolute certainty. And I mean that. Absolute certainty. Now, we may not know the final destination. We may not know what it's going to look like when we get there. But that next step, he's always directing that. And we can be certain in taking that next step because our confidence is not in ourselves in coming up with the path of the plan. It's in him. So we can be certain in that. When we're confident in God and not our own wisdom, we move forward with purpose and faith that God is directing every step. Don't you know that our purpose here on this planet when we're in relationship with Jesus is to carry the name of Jesus outside these doors to the world. So sometimes that can all by itself can be a scary thing, right? You ever find yourself just a little bit afraid of talking about your relationship with Jesus? We don't have to be. We can be confident that God has placed us where we are, sharing with who we're sharing because of who he is. So I think we should be encouraged and maybe even ecstatic that we don't have to come up with all the answers. Job eleven thirteen to 18 sums it up perfectly for us this morning, I think. And remember all the hardships that Job has walked through. This is what it says. As for you, if you redirect your heart and spread out your hands to him in prayer... If there is iniquity or sin in your hand, remove it and don't allow injustice to dwell in your tents. Then you will hold your head high, free from fault. You will be firmly established and unafraid, for you will forget your suffering, recalling it only as water that has flowed by. Your life will be brighter than noonday. Its darkness will be like the morning. You will be confident because there is hope. You will look carefully about and lie down in safety. I love that. I love that. If we're operating in God's wisdom, then we can trust the fact that he's going to reveal to us any sin that is in our lives. He's going to reveal that. And we can deal with it by confessing and repenting of it, turning from it. If we're operating in godly wisdom, then we can be confident in who he is because he alone is the hope. I love that encouragement this morning. So, as we begin to think about closing this morning, we have to get wisdom. There's no doubt about that. We have to get it. We've got to ask God for it, and then we have to guard it. My dad has a great quote, and I think this is very practical for us. Listen to this. He says, some wisdom can only be learned 
by experience. But most can be learned by watching and listening intentionally, reflecting on what you've seen and heard, getting wise counsel, and then the kicker, making sure you're talking to Jesus most of all. That's how you get wisdom. So can God use our experiences to give us wisdom? Absolutely. Can he use the things we've seen, the things we've heard? Yes. Should we seek wise counsel and ask other people, can God use other people to give us wisdom? Absolutely, he can, and he does. But most of all, we have to be talking to Jesus. That is where wisdom begins. God, give me wisdom. Soaking in his words, sitting and meditating and praying, listening to what he has to say to us. That's what it's about. And when we get that wisdom, we have to guard it. We have to lifeguard it, remember? We got to do it. We have to be active. It's never a one-time thing. So some questions I want you to think on as our band begins to come back up as we get ready to worship through song. Here's some things I want you to think of. Are you actively engaged in seeking and guarding godly wisdom? Is that the pattern in your life? And if not, maybe today God is calling you to actively seek and guard his wisdom. Second question, are you locked into Jesus? I don't want to take for granted that in the room like this, there may be someone that says, man, all that wisdom stuff sounds great. I like the idea of being wise. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it's going to be real hard to get godly wisdom. That's where it begins. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And this morning, if you don't have a relationship with him, I want to encourage you, follow him. Place your life in his hand. He is trustworthy. He does what he says he will do. You can be confident in him. Third question, are you more confident in your own wisdom or the wisdom of God? If you had to look at the pattern of your life, when decision time is, is at your feet, would you say you yield to God's wisdom or to your own on a more regular basis? I want you to know that each one of us can grow. Even if you would say, yeah, you know what? I try to submit every decision to the Lord. I believe God's calling us to grow deeper and closer to him this morning. So wisdom, guard it. When you guard it, you'll go safely on your way. Lock into Jesus and lock out fear and place your full confidence in who Jesus is. I want you to stand. We're going to pray and then we're going to respond through song this morning. Let's pray together. God, we give you thanks that your word is true, that we can hold on to it, that we can be confident that you are going to do exactly what you say you'll do. So this morning we ask for wisdom. Would you give it to us individually? Would you give it to us as a church? Would you help us to follow you each step? Because if you direct our path, you can protect our path. God, this morning, for anyone that might not have a relationship with you, I ask that they would make that decision. God, we're listening. We ask that you draw us closer to you as we respond through these songs. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together.